Lord, it is good that we are here. These are words that were spoken from Peter to Jesus as they're on top of Mount Tabor. Lord, it is good that we are here. Spoken after Jesus is transfigured before them, sparkling and, and dazzling white, which signifies that he truly is divine. Lord, it is good that we are here. There are also words that we should say this morning as we're here at Mass, where Jesus truly is present, present in the Eucharist, present in our community, uh, present in us. Lord, it is good that we are here. Also words that I spoke last night, but a different place. I was with our confirmation children last night as they were up at Camp Friendship in Annandale. We're in a very small room, very intimate room having a mass, and you could just feel the Holy Spirit being present there. I encourage you to keep, keep on praying for the confirmation students. See, it's about 8, 14. They're probably waking up right now. Hopefully you're not jealous of that at all. But trust me, you slept a lot better than they did. I am sure. But keep on praying for them as the retreat comes to an end uh, in a couple hours. But I want to share the homily I shared with them yesterday, probably a more abbreviated version uh, for us as well. But there they are on this retreat, and I was able to be with them yesterday during the afternoon and evening, and able to see, and as, as a pastor, there's nothing better to see. I'm sure the way it's you feel as a parent, as your children are uh, growing, as your children are succeeding, as your children are growing in, in relationships. Well, as a pastor, there's nothing better than I can see than people growing in their faith and deepening their relationship with God. And that's happening on this retreat right now. It reminded me of experience that I had when I was their age, going on, on retreats and being able to, to go deeper with, with God and fall more in love with him, be it on confirmation retreats or be it on um, just retreats uh, just that the youth group put on or going on something called the Steubenville retreats and eventually even being a leader one of the chaperones that didn't get any sleep on those retreats as well. But I remember one time we went to Denver for a retreat, and I was able to, to be one of the, the main leaders for about, I think we had three busloads, so I don't know, 100 kids or so, and I was one of the, the main leaders because I was in the seminary, so I was, I was mature. You're supposed to laugh there. All right, and so I'm, I'm there, and I'm trying to, you know, be, be a leader, but also trying to get something out of, of, of the retreat, and it was a, a simple mass. It was a Saturday morning, and that, that's a paradox. There's nothing such thing as a simple mass, by the way. Every mass is profound, but it was a Saturday morning. We're just kind of waking up. We, we have mass, and we're in a big airplane hangar at the old, uh, collar, old Denver airport, and so we're, we're having Mass with 2,000 other people. And it was beautiful. And whatever was happening that day, I don't, I don't quite remember, but the Holy Spirit was definitely moving inside of me. And I could just tell that something was, was, was stirring inside of me. What was stirring inside of me was a great realization that God truly loved me. And that he had great 
not only, not only great plans that he had for me, but for everyone, but that he was going to reveal himself in a special way that day. And so I'm at, I'm at Mass, and there's something where I'm trying to be a leader, but I'm trying to also be attentive where the Lord is calling me to be. So it's time for the Eucharist, and Eucharistic prayer is happening, and I'm, I'm praying, and I go and receive the Eucharist, the body of Christ, amen, and Jesus comes inside of me. And all of a sudden, I felt a peace like I'd never felt before, ever. And it was amazing. I remember walking back, and I remember exactly where I was. I remember who I saw. I saw Father John Neppel. He was actually my college roommate and also a third cousin. Welcome to Newmarket, Minnesota, by the way. So I remember seeing him, and I remember seeing his parents. I remember seeing Tim Paquette, another seminarian that was there as I was walking back to my, my folding chair. I remember kneeling down at this great peace, and all of a sudden, this peace changed to fear immediately. I had experienced God in a whole profound way and I got really afraid. And I thought, God, what are you doing? What are you going to do in, in me? And at this time, I kind of knew. Yes, I was in the seminary, but at this time still as a college, college kid, I wasn't sure. Does the Lord call me to the priesthood or not? And at this point, I started giving excuses. Lord, you cannot choose me. I'm not, I'm not worthy. Do you know who I am? Do you know how immature I, I am? Do you know my sins? Do you know my weaknesses? Do you know how afraid I am to lead? And so I started just throwing excuses after excuses. I'm, I'm afraid of what God had in store for me, that I finally realized who he was, and I felt like I was not worthy. Peace to fear. We have that, of course, today in the, in the gospel. Here are Peter, James, and John. They're on top of Mount Tabor. They see Jesus transfigured, and, and they're not fearful yet. No, no, this is where Peter's like, Lord, it is good that we are here. Let's build some tents. But then all of a sudden, what happens? God's voice comes from the cloud and he says to them, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the apostles heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. Afraid of what? Where is God leading them? And the same thing was happening yesterday for our confirmation students. God was revealing himself to them in a whole new way, a way of, of love, a way of that he says, I want to go in a deep relationship with you as he does with you as well. And he wants to reveal himself to you. But when we really get into that relationship, it's like this first time maybe you, you really fell in love with your spouse. Yes, you're happy, you're also what? Whew, am I worthy for her? Am I worthy for him? What does God have in store for us? It's the same thing that God wants to do with us. He wants a relationship with us. And then we say, but I, I can't do it on my own. I can't, I can't do it on my, own, on my own works. And that is so true. And a very true statement. And the beautiful thing is, we don't have to do it on our own. We're not called to do it on our own. We're not called to do it because of our own good works. 
We hear about this in our second reading today from St. Timothy. He saved us and called us to a holy life. Not, that's not just priests. That's just not deacons. That's not just those holy people. That's each and every one of us. He called us, he saved us and called us to what? To a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began. It's not on our own, but by his grace, through him, with him, and in him. Because he will never abandon us. He is with us. He is our good shepherd, leading us, leading us closer to him, but also saying, come and follow me. And so we go back now to the transfiguration. Here are the apostles lying prostrate in fear. And what does Jesus say? Rise and do not be afraid. And all back those 20-odd years ago, as I was kneeling on that airport hangar floor, kneeling and being afraid, I realized I wasn't by myself. Yes, there was a whole community of people with me, and that was beautiful. But even more profound was this what I realized. God was not only with me, he was in me. Because I just received him. I just received the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, truly present. And now, all of a sudden, I'm able to what? I'm able to share in his divinity. There he is in the transfiguration. His divinity be showing forth. And all of a sudden, he's giving himself to me, to you, to all of us, to show us that we are not called to live this life by our own. That yes, he calls us to a holy life, but he's not saying, I'll go ahead and do it on your own, but saying, I will be what? In you. You hear about this in the end of the Eucharistic prayer, the doxology. Through him, with him, and in him. And so as we enter into this relationship with, with God, and hopefully this Lenten season we're going deeper, and if this is the case, hopefully there's some stirring in our heart of, of peace, but maybe a little fear too. Do not be afraid, because you're not doing it alone. God is inside of you in the Eucharist. The Holy Spirit, if you've been confirmed, being sealed of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, rise, do not be afraid. I will take care of you. I will lead you. Why? Because you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. 